and welcome to Good Film Hunting, the podcast where two sisters living in different parts of the country talk with family and friends about favorite movies from um, our past and from today. So I'm going to let Eleanor introduce our guest and our movie. Okay, so our guest today is Aaron Rich, who is a PhD student or candidate? I'm a candidate now. Candidate, congratulations. Thanks. it's always like such tricky lingo and academics are always like so touchy about the title. So oh, I wanted touchy. to make sure I got it right. You're not touchy, but let's be real. Other people are very touchy and emotional about it. Um, and so, okay, it's hard for me to follow people's dissertation ideas from when they begin to where they are now. So how would you just describe your research? Uh, my research is probably boring to your podcast listeners. I'm, uh, I, I look at, um, at Hollywood research libraries every Hollywood studio had a research library where they would basically research the movie that they were going to make so when you watch an old movie and it kind of seems about right it's like ancient Rome looks like ancient Rome and like 19th century France looks like 19th century France and 1950s Los Angeles you know looks like 19th century which is to say 19th century France doesn't look like ancient Rome they, that happens because they have research libraries who get all the details and facts correct. So that's what I'm studying. Yeah, like that's interesting. But we're also history nerds, so we like these things. Yeah, there Aaron, you go. Yeah. Also, Aaron is a watch expert and was once referenced in an episode <laughs> of was it Bones that you were the watch expert? Uh, yes, actually, it's funny. Yeah, and I I was uh, the ex girlfriend of my brother. My brother's ex girlfriend. Uh, ex-girlfriend of my brother was a writer on bones and used there was a character who basically was sort of a a high-end watch smuggler and there was a twist where somebody knew that he was a watch guy because there was some weird tidbit of information in the wristwatch that he wore and i actually bumped into this woman this screenwriter the other day in the grocery store um and she told me that i saved her neck because she figured out how to solve this problem in this script she was writing because she was thinking about wristwatches that's hilarious i sell wristwatches mom would love it my mother loves bones oh good well you know what it wasn't bones i realize now it was castle she likes Castle castle too Castle is definitely a mom's demographic. That is, you have to sort of be between 40 and 70 to like Bones. Or to like Castle. Okay. Yeah. Not there okay. yet. My apologies. Not yeah. yet. But... No, that's right. Okay. okay. Well, that's Aaron Nacho. <laughs> Should we talk okay, about... the movie you selected is Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. And why... Okay. Why did you choose this movie? Well, uh, I love this movie. This was sort of one of my favorite movies as a kid. And it also has a very sort of special place in my art. Uh, I, I don't know how deep into the backstory, my backstory with the movie. Yeah, why does it have a special place in your heart? Well, so when I was five in 1984, I was diagnosed with type 1 diabetes. And it was very, the the sort of diabetes treatment was very different back then. And the first summer, so it was the summer of 85, 
when I was six, my whole family went to this sort of summer camp to sort of teach families how to live with type one diabetes. And sort of right as sort of the the peak of everybody buying uh, VHS players and uh, everyone and like video stores happening. Uh, but there was sort of like still, it was kind of an inexact science. So we all, one night there was this like movie night and we're like, oh, exciting. We're going to have a VHS and we're going to watch a movie. We all get there and there are all these kids and we've had like a week filled with stories about how we can never eat candy again and life is terrible. And they turn on the movie and I had never seen the movie by then. And it starts with this like beautiful shot of like, chocolate being made and then the first scene is the candy man and you're like oh my god this is really sad this is very strange movie a very very strange choice uh i mean maybe the worst choice for a bunch of like five to eight year olds teaching them how they can't eat sugar ever um and uh yeah so anyhow even though it, i guess could have been very scarring it was actually it made me love the movie that is fascinating so I, always watched the movie and I always loved it and you know it was yeah I mean it's also one of these movies I think it was like always on TV you guys don't know also that like TV used to kind of really stink there was like nothing on TV there were no in cable channels you had like four cable channels and there was nothing on and we didn't you couldn't, have cable growing up so we didn't even well, have that well okay there's that too but also you didn't miss anything because there was nothing on TV that's the thing like until like the late 90s TV kind of stunk so there was nothing to watch. So kind of all you could do basically was like watch movies and like rent movies. And, and for that matter, a lot of the movies you'd rent would be the same things that were on TV. And so this is like always on TV. Like, they, you know, they didn't have original programming. So it would just like run, you know, that's why nowadays they run the Christmas story. It's from back in the day when the only thing to show was Christmas story. Mm-hmm. For like the entire month of December. Well, exactly. Yeah. So like that's you know that yeah. So anyhow, so Willy Wonka was one of those movies that was just always on TV, and it's great. It has fun musical numbers, which I could probably sing. Does it? Uh, Does it have fun musical numbers? Yes. I'm gonna contest that. I find this movie so scary, and I said that to you guys right away. This is a it terrifying music. Well, what do you think is scary? Because I think they're very okay. specific are you that are scary. Okay, yeah, yeah. I mean, okay, number one, why are... Okay, let's start at the beginning. I'll start at the beginning with you, Aaron. At the beginning of this movie, there's a bunch of almost dead grandparents lying in a bed together. That's bed. weird. Yeah, the grandparents thing is weird. That is, like, so they, strange. I hope they cut their toenails, because otherwise they'd be kicking themselves in the face. Yeah, disgusting. Okay, that's part number one. Number that's two. Poverty. Okay, you know, I could go on forever, but I'm going to choose my top three. How about that? Second super scary thing. Okay, there are so many scary things. But the ride that Gene Wilder takes them on. That's the scariest. No, that is that is legitimately one of the scariest things ever put on film. Agreed. Hands down. I mean, it's it's really, it's the, the millipede running across the guy's face. That's pretty terrible. Okay, everything about it, just like, it's I can't... It's also very, like, weirdly psychedelic. I mean, it's like 71. Yes. It's kind of the height yeah. of psychedelia. And it's, like, very weird that that got into this movie. Because it's, I mean, you could be at, like, a Pink Floyd concert or you're at Willy Wonka. It's very weird. Agreed. 
And then I would also argue that the Oompa Loompas are terrifying. There are these short orange men with white gloves who just sing at you about how you're going to die. They're polit- Wait, okay. I'm sorry. I need you to explain how they're political refugees. Oh, I- I'm not going to get the the history right on this, but they're <laughs> they were they Willy Wonka tells the story that they they were basically in this land, and there were sort of like people who wanted to kill them because I think they were small and orange, and that's you know who likes small and orange that's people. Xenophobia. Yeah. And so they they he he evacuated them and. Enslaved them. To, uh, his his factory. Then, of course, he makes them. We'll say workers. We hope they get paid. No, they're slaves. Really know. They're slaves. Okay, I mean, they, it's not. Yeah, it's kind of not clear, but they're very happy. Are they? Do we really get to know an Oompa Loompa in this movie? I would argue no. I don't think we get to hear their talk about their past or, or their feelings. So I'm going to fight you on that. <laughs> no, okay. Uh, yeah, it's in a feisty mood. Also, wait, I don't so wait, what, how... what else is scary about it? No, the la- there's one other scary thing. There's one other okay, scary thing. In the yeah, when, when she blows up. Like, yes. honestly, no, I remember watching that. That's exciting. And she's, she's, you know, she's a That's not kid, exciting. So a child, like, okay, here's the thing about this movie. No, she's a all of these person. children, like, die, oh Aaron. God, all, all the kids are terrible, and they deserve what they get. They don't deserve to die. I, okay, I am a, I I am a teacher. They've all been returned safe and sound at the end. That's fine. He says that to, to Charlie at the end. Okay, no, no, no. No, the other scary part is when he yells at Charlie at the end in his, in his weird, like, office that's filled with half things. That's, that's scary that he, that he's yelling. That was very scary. No. I can test everything you say. <laughs> I, like, can't <laughs> even. No, not, 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 what's his name? The, uh, the, the, the guys with the glasses, who's the, the fake other, you know, rival chocolate guy. Um, who's the rival chocolate guy? Okay. Oh my god, it's as, as if I... you didn't watch this movie. What's his name? Uh, uh shit. Rival chocolate man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's oh, Slugworth. So Slugworth bad. is scary. Slugworth. He's scary. Also, I yeah. mean, it's very kind of weird that, like, I mean, I, I get Roald Dahl. I get sort of the idea that, you know, you have to have these Dickensian names, but Slugworth is not a good name. If your name is Slugworth, you shouldn't be making food. Agreed. Yes. Also, like, you're, you're going to be bad. Like, that, uh, oh my gosh. Right, Charlie I mean, Bucket. it's like Draco Malfoy. It's like, you, you can't be a good person with the name Slugworth. No. But. It is something I do love about books for children, and that as soon as you get, like, slightly above the age they're intended for, everything is, you can tell everything just based on names alone. But, like, when you're little, like, oh, I totally. never thought of that. It's perfect. But, okay, yeah, we just have to go back to how how this movie and like as a teacher everything about this potential field trip is so frightening to me you say that the children are all you know given back safe and sound whatever but i as a chaperone on many a field trip cannot fathom being okay with not seeing my students for even a short period of time like i don't want them to be returned safe and sound i want them to be safe and sound with 
in sight all the time. But that, I would say that's also no, a generational difference. As a teacher, you know that, that Willy Wonka has taken over in Loco Parentis. Willy Wonka is the adult. Well, and their parents, excuse me, no, wait, their parents are with them the whole time. But this is Annie. Willy Wonka hasn't taken over in Loco Parentis. All the parents are there. This is also like pre-2020 in the sense that I, I remember talking to my friend Cara about this because she moved from India when she was three and she was like, I was essentially raised by television because my grandparents like wouldn't let us out of the house because all they did was watch the local news and like kids were getting stolen from their front yards. And like, but you hear about anyone growing up in the 50s, and 60s and 70s, even in very urbanized areas. And there was like no thought about safety for children. Just a, Absolutely. it's a historical moment that is portrayed. Yeah, I was thinking. I mean, not that I was like that. I mean, I, I grew up in Washington D.C. in the city, but like, we I took buses from age third grade. I was taking buses, public buses, by myself. Yeah, and then like everything changed. You know, I people got really freaked out by crime. Which is also interesting because it was also around that time that people started getting worried. It was like mid '80s, early mid '80s. People started getting worried about kidnapping and like don't. Um, don't, uh, uh, what's it called, uh, hitchhike, because you'll get, in like, hitchhiking dropped off dramatically around that, too. Yeah, which is a tragedy. And this is, like, another one of those things where, one of the things I love about the country slash continent of Australia is that it's, like, America was 40 years ago at any point. It's, like, when I lived in Australia, like, it was, like, what people did and there was like no fear about it and like i hitchhiked because i was like i would never be able to do this in america like i feel like if i were to do hitchhike in america right now like inevitably i would die because the only people who would stop are people who would kill me whereas in australia it's still like a normal thing anyways that was but the fact that we don't hitchhike is also this weird thing that it's not like based on the fact like i think one person has ever been abducted and not returned the, the really? sort of the, the, the really? numbers of hitchhikers, yeah. There was a this American Life episode about this. Like the numbers of people who've actually been like harmed hitchhiking is very low. This is far afield from eating candy, though. Yeah. Okay. Here's a, okay. I will say one thing about this movie. I do like. I the like the idea of of a global competition. Like that to me is fun. That like this candy company put like eight golden tickets and they actually followed through, you know? And is it it global though? Is it? I mean, it's mostly North America and England, right? It's or Europe. Yeah. It's sort of Western Europe and and North America. America. Although we actually, I mean, we, we get the sense that Veruca Salt and Mike TV are American, but, uh, it's never, we don't really, Oh, sorry. Violet Beauregard. We get the idea. Violet Beauregard and Mike TV are American, but we don't really know where they're from. It's and true. Charlie kind of is American, but he also grows up in like a weird old, old Europe. Well, because I mean, it, if, where he is seems to me very like industrial revolution, Britain. Yes. You know what I'm talking yes. about? Or, or even like like continental Europe. Yeah, but like I always think of like Austria or something. Yeah. Yeah, but and the candy shop and all that stuff pop- feels very English. Yeah. I also don't love the way. <laughs> There's so this movie, so many feelings. I don't love the way that they per- portray poverty at the beginning of this movie. I mean, it's uh, problematic. This is a real movie about class, which is a whole other thing that we kind of don't deal with in kids' movies anymore. But this is very much like 
you know, Charlie's poor and his mom, I mean, think about his mom. His mom is a laundress. Is that what she does? Is that her job that she does laundry? Yeah. Yeah. But like his mom takes care of him and four old people. Decrepit old people. And there's no other income. There's no welfare. You know, it's, it's, it's kind of a bleak existence for her. Not to mention that even when Charlie wins the competition, he doesn't take her. That's not nice to mom. Yeah. Doesn't mom get a I dash? actually hadn't thought No. What? Grandpa no. Joe, like, he's just chilling in bed. Why does he need a He's jail? just dying with the other three in that big bed. I mean, what? Yeah. But then also, I think the grandparents are unresolved at the end. I'm, I'm always upset by that. Like, does he go back? Do they move into Wonka's factory? That's that's the conclusion, right? Is that, and also like the fact that a prize being that you're now in charge of a business doesn't exactly seem like a prize. Um, but maybe I mean, this is me just being very cynical. I mean, no, that sounds hard. Writer, I mean, that's you know, that, that's that's a good point. You have to work. Mm-hmm. I think there are sequels to the book, aren't there? We're like, it's like I don't know. I think Charlie and the Chocolate Factory is a sequel. It's like he's grown up and now he runs the factory. Okay, I'm not really gonna... okay. Sorry. I'm not sure about Roald that. Roald Dahl think... was, like, not on Robin Huntington's, like, reading list. Like, we did not do Roald Dahl. We didn't do James Roald and Jai's Dahl. Peach or Matilda. Yeah, I mean, Roald Dahl is also, like, a very... Racist. Not... Terrible human being. Yeah, he's like... not a good dude. Which is to say, also, that the movie, I mean, that's why I was asking about the, the, the global competition part, is that it's only white people who win. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's, that's not okay. Yeah. You're right. International. I mean, even, even, to, even to say, like, I don't know, let's just assume his, his factory is somewhere in Britain and they don't have anyone else in, like, the greater empire. Like, there's no South Asian person. There's no, you know, African-American person. There's no, you know, it's very strange. Well, did I they mean, correct that in the newer you know, version? Like, I'm not going to lie to you. I haven't seen the whole Johnny Depp version. Do they correct that? Like, is, the, is it more diverse? Yeah, I mean, I don't remember. I watched, I think all the kids are still white in the Johnny Depp version. You know, I, I watched the Johnny Depp version at a strip mall in Indianapolis. Uno in the strip mall's parking lot. Honestly, one of the things I enjoy most about you, Aaron, is like your ability to catalog like every movie you've seen. I can by tell you where I watched them all the first time. Yes, that's true. I probably have a database yeah. of it too. <laughs> but... It's hysterical. No, the that movie was terrifying. It's a scary movie. Annie, uh, Aaron also saw The Mummy, The New Mummy. Was it so terrible? What? Was it so terrible? Oh, no, it's, it's really bad, but it's also very, like, it's, um, it's surprisingly... Yeah, I mean, it, it's weird. It, it's setting up, it's like clearly, you know, they, they're showing how they're setting up this new franchise universe, the so-called dark universe, or just like all the, all the universal monsters. So you're going to get, you know, Dracula and Frankenstein and the Wolfman and whatever. And uh, it's, it's really 
bad how they're setting up this world. It's just, it's very bad. But I see a lot of bad movies. I mean, but here's you know. the thing, Aaron. Okay, so I respect you. I do. But I question your choices <laughs> because here's the thing. You you went, you went paid to go see Mummy, but you could have paid. I didn't pay. I have a friend who go, gets me in for free. Okay, okay, whatever, whatever. You could have taken that ticket and gone to see Wonder Woman and padded the numbers I for that Wonder excellent Wonder movie. movie. Keep seeing it. See it every day. It needs to make all the money, oh, and Mummy deserves nothing. Wonder Woman is definitely better than most, you know, superhero movies, but it's not that good. Okay, I like can't that's even talk to you. Them's I mean, that's sort of. A, I mean, it's like superhero movies are such a low bar that like it's better than that, but it's still like. No, I, mean, I can't even. How she gets from ancient Greece to the present or to the World War One? Yeah, they live in the Amazons. Like they don't age there. Oh no, she's I like, that was like some sort of space time portal, and like that's just not explained. They don't even try to explain it. They don't even say like give a line about like oh. Okay, Aaron, Aaron. No, but then you can't say stuff like Guardians of the Galaxy is good because I watched Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Two. Who I said that's a good movie? I don't think that's a good movie. No, okay. Here's my <laughs> thing, Aaron. Okay, Aaron, and this will be the last thing I say about Wonder Woman. And probably the last time I'm going to try to pick a fight with you because it's just too easy. Um, but here's the thing. You get to leave every superhero movie as a man feeling empowered. We get to leave one. One feeling like the fucking badasses we are. So give it to us and go see it every day to pad Patty Jenkins. Okay, well, I, I certainly won't argue with you on that. I think you know, sure, absolutely, represent, representation is good. I guess my bigger problem with that argument is I would much rather have good movies about women that aren't about superheroes. But you need to... Okay. I mean, I would love for Patty... I thought Monster is, like, a great movie. Monster is a great movie. Really, honestly, a great movie. Why didn't Patty Jenkins get a movie in the last ten years since making that excellent movie? Why did she have to get this turd? It's not a turd, though. She turned it into Fine, something why beautiful. Movie? Why couldn't she have gotten, like, another movie that's not a superhero movie? I'm saying, I leave, I leave most of these movies as a man thinking, that's a stupid movie. No, not, no. Oh, but, okay, oh, here's the thing, Aaron. Aaron, like, Aaron. Oh, I, I see Chris Evans, and that helps my masculinity. I mean, I don't know. Okay, but here's the thing, Aaron. Yes, you might not realize that, and you might not internalize it and say it out loud, but it's so real. And, like, that's something that you, as a man, can't even fathom. So. I totally, I totally appreciate that. I won't, I won't argue with you on that. I, I, I think that, I think the, I, my only point is that, there's, there's, uh, it's more important to have more than Tolkien representation. We don't need just a woman in that in a superhero movie and a black guy in a superhero movie. Why can't we have like women and black people in regular movies? We're not there yet, Aaron. I mean, well, it's simply being said, it's not there all. yet. And you got to start somewhere. If you don't start with superhero movies, how is it ever going to become normalized to anything else? 
Most Americans, I think if you look at box office returns, I think you would see, you would see that a lot more people see superhero movies than, than a movie like Monster. So, like, is it more important to put a female... I'm sure Monster didn't make much money at all. Right. Totally so, like, that. so is it more important then to put a, a woman in a central character of a superhero movie because more Americans, more young people, more children will see that and it will become more normalized? Well, I mean, I, you know... Got you. Got you. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So, Willy Wonka. (laughs) If you had to pick a Willy Wonka song that's emblematic for you, would it be I've Got a Golden Ticket or Oompa Loompa Oompa Oompa Dee Doo? for you. Uh, If I had to pick a Willy Wonka song, I would pick Candyman or Pure Imagination. Whoa! Uh, Imagine is really good. Yeah. Also terrifying. Really Which freaked one? me out as a kid. Pure imagination. Um, I would. I mean, I got a golden ticket. Is like now going to be stuck in my head for like the next week. Gene Wilder really freaks me out though. So the imagination song, I remember being like a little traumatized. I know like his eyes are like apparently like a good thing, but I just remember not finding like finding him terrifying but i think that was also a projection because of the movie chitty chitty bang bang and i associate people who like old men who work in candy i associate it with like <laughs> creepy monster and chitty chitty bang bang and like i'm like i really like <laughs> that movie yeah. is so scary I too like- willy wonka and chitty chitty bang bang are the things of nightmares <laughs> What about Mary yeah. Poppins? Is that nightmarish? Oh yeah, it's terrifying. No, it's so I scary. I don't know. You it's guys also don't realize that there used to be like there used to be no good kids movies. There was like Bed Dobbs and Broomsticks, Chitty Chitty Bang Bang, Mary Poppins, and this, and that was it. Because anything Disney was barely released. They like have it on video. Have it on. VHS tape for like a minute and then it then it would leave and you wouldn't be able then it'll go back into the vault yeah, yeah. And so like you couldn't see anything um, and so like there was nothing to watch Bedknobs and Broomsticks is watchable good but it's watchable because there was yeah. nothing else well we also like we were we had lots of the Disney action adventure movies when we were little like so we were super into Channel yeah. we're super yeah. into In Search of Castaways yes. so like we did like live action. That's scary. Escape from Witch Mountain. That's scary. That shit, like, honestly, I specifically remember having nightmares about that movie. Because, like, scary. and even, like, any, like, cinematic image of, like, people hooked up to machines that, like, take their, like, any type of body scan type thing honestly freaks me out. Um, what a strange yeah, thing. And then yeah, like people, like it, I, and I would also argue, and I don't, I think it's in part because our parents are older, is like we have like no sense of movies that came out that were not musicals between like 1962 or three and like 1975. So what is that? Dr. Casper's revolutionary cinema was not, was not a Huntington thing. We did like old ass <laughs> movies and then like 90s sports movies. That's, uh, you don't miss like, anything. Yeah, they all seem so depressing. The Even 70s like, are overrated. Those movies I've never seen. That's like not that a problem. Apocalypse Now. I've never seen. I don't care. They're it all seems bad really movies. depressing. 
Agreed. Um, so what song do I identify with most? Probably right now the Oompa Loompa song. And also I sing that to my students sometimes and they get really freaked out because this movie's really scary. So if they're being really annoying, I'll just be like, Oompa Loompa. So even though it scares you, you'll sing it? Doo. Yeah. I like to scare them. What song will you sing about being a brat? Yeah. Sometimes they're brats, man. What do you get when your kid is a brat? Dun, 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 like a Siamese cat. Yeah, I think, yes. I'm mean to them every once in a while. All the time. I think I, always, I think I was always very upset by my TV when they say he's floating over our heads. Why? And you see him in little speckles over the head, over their heads. Yeah, see, I don't get That's that. Spooky. I just don't get it. It's TV. He's become TV. I mean, there's there's a whole lot of very interesting sort of theory there that, like, the guy has become TV. That's that's amazing. Is it? He watches I mean, TV so much. I mean, this is yeah. He's he's just like he is TV. He is he is a wavelength. That's amazing. Oh my gosh! I've actually never thought of it that way. Like, <laughs> I don't know if there's anything to think about. Now that I've forced, now that I've forced a, a, a bullshit point, I don't know if there's anything there. You know, I hear that, and all I think in my head is like, oh, like someone in like grad school would definitely be able to write a blog post about that. Oh, like, absolutely. Some bad grad school student would definitely yeah. think about that and realize that yeah. there's something there, and it's about a blog post worthy something, and that's it. It's perfect. Yes. Okay. The medium is the message. <laughs> All right, so then Annie, one of Annie's favorite questions we have is, do you think this movie is valuable for kids today? Should they watch it? Absolutely. And, and well, for one thing, everyone should know that new versions, because there are no new movies anymore. Every new movie is a redo of an old movie, including the forthcoming Beguiled, which the original one is really not good. And it's just a remarkable thing that they're remaking it, because, like, or that Coppola remade it. Because, like, I mean, it's the most forgettable movie ever when it, you know, it's just not good. And from what I hear about this one, it's, well, it's also racially massively problematic from what I understand. But it's also, like, equally like, eh, okay, I guess it's a movie. Like, no one knows why they made it. But that's the thing. It's like, go watch the original. Don't watch the new thing. People think, like, oh, it's Johnny Depp. He wears a wig. It's, you know, it's Tim Burton. He's really creative. No, watch the original. Everything was created without, like, CGI. It was all, like, animation and miniatures and things, and that's wonderful. Like, the pure imagination, the big room with all the stuff in it, that's amazing. That's all, like, built stuff. That's real stuff. That's okay. real, like, workers, like, making stuff. That's amazing. That's, like, setting. That's, that's, that's scenic design. That's amazing. Art direction. Okay. Okay, so I hear your point, and I take that. Uh, no... I would say almost universally, like, I'm very anti-Roald Dahl's imagination. So, like, universally, I'd be like, just, like, no, we got other stuff. But we're also, we, as a family, like, we were never into sci-fi. We were never slightly into fantasy. Um, but I can see your point about how stylistically fascinating. So if you had a kid who was really interested 
if you had like a student who's really interested in artistry, yeah, this would that would actually make sense because it would unlock this idea of how do you frame different like lands or worlds based on a specific like food product that I can see. Well, okay, and, and I'll the see idea that. that I mean, I think it's sort of. I mean, this is the story more than the film itself, but just the idea that, you know, every kid's sort of vice is their undoing. Mm. And that's sort of a wonderful thing. I mean, that's like a wonderful little lesson. It's little nuggets of lessons and they're little chapters and it's like a nice little thing. Ugh, this is so not responsive <laughs> classroom. It's so bad. Um, I would say to kids, probably What's not. Your favorite room? I don't have a favorite. <laughs> What's your least favorite? No, what's like the one that's sort of like the most kind of, that you kind of, you, you didn't like watch it and you're like, oh, I like, you know, whatever. I like the river. The river. The, the river me, of chocolate. I, I really like the idea of an edible river. Yeah, I me don't know too. Why. That's cool. I would agree with that. Um, I think that's neat. I like, what about the wallpaper that you could lick? What about the hygiene there? No, see, that I didn't like. And also at the Museum of Ice Cream, they have, like, a scratch-and-sniff wall. Okay. What's with the Museum of Ice Cream? It seems like every single woman on, like, social media dating apps has been to this thing and has their picture taken in the world of, of sprinkles. And it's not sexy to women. Uh, well, here's the thing. Not sexy to you, Erin. With, like, the, the, you know, lamps up for the black mama. To every woman is in... And this could it's be the LA dating. It's weird. It's like, do you want me to think you're a five-year-old? That's disgusting. Yeah. Apparently, I mean, I'm not going to lie to you. My Facebook profile picture right now is from the Museum of Ice Cream because, like, Jeez. they have millennial pink. Oh, oh. yeah. Here, but here, you go to the Museum of Ice Cream and, like, you indulge your millennial fantasies. It was the first time I'd ever done an Instagram story because I was like, this is the only way to catalog this. I did so many boomerangs. I mean, it was silly. What's a boomerang? A boomerang is something I don't think you're on Instagram, but it's I'm like it's an image and it goes like back and forth. It's like oh. Annie, when you okay, argue, hey, like, boomerang here's another is question. Like, Do you think that the Museum of Ice Cream could possibly exist without Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory? Ooh. Oh, I hadn't made that connection. Um, no, the answer is no. <laughs> no. <laughs> okay. I would yeah, argue you. Yes. You can like you can like sit in the food massive scale and take pictures in it mm-hmm. is Willy Wonka. Mm-hmm. Well, and it's also, it's also hard to imagine anything right now without the ability to have it like photographed and memorialized in some type of social media form. When they think when they're designing the museum, they're thinking like, this is good for selfies. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I've, I've absolutely fallen prey to that, but yeah, no, I hadn't. I hadn't made the connection between the two. And it's like, it's, but Machu Picchu no, exists just so the Inca built Machu Picchu just so women could take selfies on the top of it for dating profiles. Okay, yeah, how many dating profiles reason. are you on? It's like who are these women? They okay. All women. Oh, <laughs> what a terrible generalization! This is why we can't have nice things, Aaron. It's, it's sorry, it's true. <laughs> This isn't Wonder Woman. This will be Annie's takeaway. But, okay. If but only I Wonder Woman, I mean, I you know, Wonder Woman is much better. No, actually, that's the other thing is that now it's every woman is dressed up as Wonder Woman on her dating profile. And it's like, okay. Okay, it. again. 
so boring, though. It's I, like, like very much don't appreciate these generalizations that you're just throwing out there. I, I don't, I, well, again, I don't understand why I have to, like, why I have to like Chris Evans or Chris Pratt or Chris... You don't have Pine. to. I'm not oh, saying God. that. But... I have no connection to those movies. I have no, like, <sighs> they happen to be my same gender, but so what? That is not at all what I'm talking about. I'm talking about why you keep saying that, like, every woman has a certain profile on these dating apps. Because here's the thing, Erin. Many of them may. Many of them may. We cannot say all. I will fight you on general. Uh, you're just taking me too literally. Yes, you're right. It's definitely about many. The the same generalizations could be made about men on dating apps, though, because it's, like, usually with a dog or, like, I'm sure. playing on, like... I don't, yeah, it's I like the dumbest thing. Up, so I don't know, but I'm I'm absolutely sure that's the same thing. I, I'm saying people are basic and they make stupid people dating profiles, and it's like, what am I supposed to like message you about when you're in a, a sea of sprinkles and at the top of Machu Picchu? Next like, time, okay, talk to them about Willy Wonka. Where else in the world goes? Next time, talk to them about Willy Wonka. That will be your go-to pickup line. How can you connect <laughs> the world of yeah. ice cream? To Willy Wonka. Go. And then you can weed out the ones who don't like Willy Wonka. Of which there will be many. Because it's a creepy movie. <laughs> is, that, is that like a baseline? Like, Aaron, for you, is, a, is a baseline? Like, at least an appreciation for Willy Wonka? Like, maybe broken hearted, but now Annie and I can't, can't marry. No, no. This... Now what am I going to do? <laughs> <laughs> now you have to keep trolling on these dating apps, Aaron. I'm so sorry. But this won't work. I would never show this movie okay, to so children. Annie, <laughs> okay, and this also will relay into Annie's next podcasting venture, which is 21 Dates with Annie. <laughs> yeah, it's happening. Are you doing that? Yeah, I'm going to do 21 Dates in 7 Days once I can find 7 Days when I'm in the same city, uh, which is hard to come by right now. Um, so many weddings. No, it's not even weddings. I'm like... School year's over. Yeah, but I'm I'm everywhere. I just move quickly. Boom, boom, boom. Um, so you could get three golden tickets. How much you move? Wait, that's another thing. Like, what if one person got? To, oh, wasn't that a thing? That like one person gets more than one golden ticket? No, there's a fake golden ticket. That's what it is. I don't there's know. A fake golden ticket. Yeah. That was part of the beginning because remember Charlie was like so. Uh, we haven't talked enough about the class part about this movie. Which is that, okay, like, we have to person... wrap this up as well. <laughs> you have no, three minutes who... to talk about <laughs> the class. a fake ticket. That's amazing. And wait, by the way, wasn't that person, I believe that person was Latin American. Yes, from Paraguay. From Paraguay. It was like the yes. one person who was like outside so of the like... So actually, there's class, there's also, this is a little bit strange. Because Roald yeah. Dahl was a horrible human being. Like, but the why didn't they make the movie? Why didn't they like open it up a little bit? I mean, because it was the early seventies, I do, like. I don't think even now with the Johnny Depp version, they would never be able to make that now without it being more sensitive. I would say in terms what, of representation. 12, Fifteen years ago, and they still couldn't make it then. No, it was it was it was way more recent than that. I remember because they had to take our neighbor no, Kenny and Kenny now. Two thousand five. I'm gonna check it. 2005 feels uh, recent. That's when I was in Indianapolis. Charlie, it was 2005. Uh, so that's 12 years ago. Not 15. Um, Close, Eleanor. I know, it's Eleanor. fine. I'm not really good at math. My whatever. body. But, no, it's... 
there's it's such a problematic film. Again, Roald Dahl does it. We're not a fan. Annie, are you also dead? Yeah. <laughs> I'm in so much pain and I'm so tired, <laughs> which is why I'm so feisty. This is Annie's least favorite podcast <laughs> recording ever. No, it's no, not one of my most fun, one. but I'm very tired. <laughs> There's been, um, no, Annie, this is, this is where Annie excels, where she's like, let me fight you. Um, okay. But then for the rap. I mean, so it is, it is something remarkable that the, the poor kid wins and all the rich kids lose. The rich kids who have, we should assume more traditionally, uh, uh, you know, two parent families. And, not and for dying grandparents. I'm sorry. We're saying that they have <laughs> two parent household without dying grandparents. <laughs> yeah, I was saying that they have two traditional parents outside the you know the common four dying grandparents model Charlie has. I mean, it's yeah, like, exactly. This so movie's saying, ridiculous. She's a, single, she's a single mother. Whatever she is, however many grandparents she also takes care of with doing laundry, she has. She's a single mother, and so. We could just assume that in a contemporary setting, she's living around the poverty line, and he wins. And the rich kids, Mike TV, whose family are very middle class, that's the whole point, is like, he watches TV because he lives in the suburbs, and he has a TV, and he's two parents. And, you know, Violet Beauregard, whatever, all these sort of, you know, very sort of, you know, white suburban people, they lose. Okay, our three minutes talking about class are now over. So <laughs> now we have to move on. Okay. Um, Maybe in the future, Charlie will open his house up to poor kids. Okay. Well, once he moves off. What about the, the fact that the elevator goes slantwise and crosswise and up and down I get and backwards and forwards I get, but it's the, the, the z-axis doesn't actually make sense. I have never yeah. considered that ever. It does not weigh on me in any sense. <laughs> How does it go diagonally? That's not okay. I don't question. And it's glass, so does I... it break? <laughs> <laughs> These are the philosophical questions that keep you up at night. We get it. We get it. And also, I don't so know that I've ever... Now... Sorry. Go, Eleanor. Go. No, no, I think the takeaway is that we need to find a glass elevator for Aaron to take his dating profile picture in. I think that's, <laughs> that's the takeaway. <laughs> no, that's like the other one. It's like you go to the top of the uh, the library tower, whatever it's called, um, and, and you, you have your picture taken where it's like the glower or the Sears Tower where you have the glass below, and you have your picture taken on that because it's like you're standing on top of the city. Uh. <laughs> you know, with like the glass floor oh and like you do like a selfie there so it looks like you're like floating in midair. Annie, you know what I'm getting an idea for one of the first episodes of 21 Dates with Annie, the podcast, is where you share the profiles of the 21 Dates with Annie with Aaron, and then you guys can deconstruct them. I would them. love that. I would love that. <laughs> Aaron, you definitely have to join on that, because this would be obviously to. too I, I, fun. Also, like, all these women have the same, like, comment, like, oh, why do all the guys have tigers? Why do you have guns? Like, whatever. <laughs> I don't have Email me. Okay, I, like, cannot, I cannot take this. So Is this how your funny. podcast is supposed to run? Totally. Yep. Yeah. Yep. 
Um, okay, anyway, we should wrap this up. So thanks for listening, loyal podcast listeners. Um, we veered away from our traditional kind of segments today, but we had fun all the same. So thanks, Erin. See you guys later. <laughs>